I'm Dr. Ward Bond, and I welcome you to Life-Changing Wellness, Episode 31. Today, we talk about how to find emotional healing and inner peace. Stay tuned for this don't-miss life-changing episode. This is Dr. Ward Bond's Life-Changing Wellness. Life-Changing Wellness. Here's Dr. Ward Bond. Welcome, everyone, to the show. Before we begin, if you could just do me a favor, please head over to iTunes after the interview with my great guest today. Rate and review the show for me, and I thank you ahead of time for making our show great. And I encourage you to look up my show page on RadioMD.com slash Dr. Bond. Well, my guest today is Leah Guy, and she is an intuitive transpersonal healer, spiritual teacher, media personality, and the author of the new book, The Fearless Path, A Radical Awakening to Emotional Healing and Inner Peace. Using her personal triumphs over rape, addiction, anxiety, and eating disorders, in addition to more than two decades working with clients, she's helped numerous people transform trauma and pain into peace and wholeness. Her down-to-earth, honest, and often humorous approach makes her one of the most sought-after and accessible leaders in the field. Known as the Modern Sage, she owns the brand and product line Modern Sage, as well as a Girl Named Guy Productions, a lifestyle media company. Everyone, let's welcome my guest today, Leah Guy. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you. <laughs> great to be well, here. Well, yeah, it's great. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this interview because there's so much to talk about when it comes to emotional healing, and we really live in a society today that... Uh, you know, a lot of people are carrying around a lot of hurts. So what is actually the root of most people's anxiety? Well, um, I, I talk about emotional healing in a lot of different facets, but um, anxiety and fear are some of the most prominent issues that the country's facing, and not just our country, but the whole world, followed by depression, I would say. And uh, generally, when there's anxiety present, there's an unresolved emotion going on, and it's these kinds of repressed uh, emotions that either turn into depression where we're kind of shoving them down or when we're denying them and, and trying to separate ourselves from our authentic emotions, then we get anxiety. And I know this all too well. I've had, you know, for 10, 15 years, I was crippled by anxiety. So what happened? So it's a, it's, um, what happened with anxiety or how did I get over it? <laughs> Both. Well, well, you know, that's going to be up to you. I don't want to, uh, you know, uh, dive too deep into what caused it because I know that uh, you have an incredible story to tell. And I'm just going to leave yeah, that one up no, to I'm you. Fine so. to talk, yeah, I'm fine to talk about all that. Well, just like many people, you know, I, I grew up in an environment that was, um, it was not, I mean, for me, it was difficult. It was a little turbulent, you know, divorced parents, moving all the time, um, you know, feeling emotionally kind of uh, distant from people. I had an aunt who was murdered, um, you know, just a variety of things. And and I also grew up around people who, quote, you know, had anxiety. And a lot of people, including myself, you know, that we we learn from our environment and we believe what we think we know and genetic pass down and all that kind of stuff. And we also mimic, you know, what's around us. But for me, I think it was a combination of all of that, just like it is for a lot of people. When you're a young person and you're developing and growing and and you have, you know, being bullied at school or you're very popular at school or you're, you feel unworthy or you're, you know, getting um, yelled at at home. There's so many things that go on and it's hard to process all those emotions. And so we typically don't. And for me, the anxiety developed where 
it started as just kind of a generalized nervousness, anxiety. And then, you know, when I was younger and then it became like a travel anxiety. I didn't want to drive anywhere. I couldn't drive on the freeway. I'd have a panic attack. And then, and then I couldn't fly, but I could drive. And then, and then I started thinking, well, if this anxiety is moving around, you know, I thought I had a problem. I thought I had this disorder that was getting me like a disease. And then my mind started kind of shifting. And I was looking at it from another perspective and thought, if I'm having anxiety in different places about different things, and it's not outside of myself, it's what's going on inside of me. And I started to address it from um, a different angle. But I really had to hit a wall. You know, I had a rape that happened as well, as you mentioned. And it was at that point that uh, I couldn't go forward anymore. You know, the antidepressants weren't working. I was depressed. I felt suicidal, I was having, you know, promiscuous affairs, and I was just a mess. So I had to do something, and a friend of mine recommended this school in San Diego, that's no longer there, but about uh, meditation, mindfulness, uh, energy healing, body uh, awareness, uh, different kinds of therapies along those lines, metaphysical work and so forth, and it was the beginning of what changed my life. And uh, You know, well, let me get, get rid of the anxiety together, but it was the start of it. Well, let me ask you this because, you know, we, you know, I'm going to, there's two ways of looking at this. Um, you know, one, why is letting go the worst advice for healing? Because some people say, uh, you know, there's letting go. And then there's people who are, will say, oh, just let it go. And right. there's a positive and a negative there. Can you explain that for us? Sure. Well, yeah, I talk about letting go in the sense of um, there's a lot of therapists and gurus and, you know, uh, all these people that are giving advice of um, just let go, just, you know, almost like forget. The, the advice is essentially like forget that it happened, just move on, and then it'll all be okay. And yes, we do move on and time does start to heal things. But when we deny and ignore the reality of what is true for us, no matter if it was true 10 minutes ago, whether it's true right now or what was true 10 years ago, when we shut off from that, it's it's like in my book, I talk about it like, um, like cutting off an appendage on our body. You know, if we have a sore on our arm, we take care of the sore. We tend to it. We put cream on it. We wrap it. We dry it. We, you know, be cautious not to keep hitting the sore. We really tend to it. We don't just cut the arm off. And when we have an internal wound, a lot of us just want to cut that out of us. But that's what starts to fragment us. We we start separating from ourselves and we become pieces of ourselves instead of a whole a whole person because we don't want to say we don't want to feel the pain. And I don't like feeling pain. I, I doubt you do. You know, most people don't like experiencing pain. So our mind uh, wants us to avoid it at all costs, which means deny it, ignore it, uh, just pretend it didn't happen, you know, the whole sweep it under the rug thing. And then all of a sudden, you know, days, months, years pass by and we're, we're uh, kind of wound up inside with this energy of I can't sleep, I feel... Uh, unable to focus, I'm angry, I'm resentful, I'm anxious, you know, and we start having these secondary emotions. So the the whole book that I write and the workshops I teach is about connection and how can we stay connected to what is real? How can we 
um, you know, not try to just get rid of everything that we don't like and really have authentic experience. And part of that is a huge um, understanding about love. And that understanding is that love and pain coexist. And that's well, another that, truth that people don't like to know. That is you know? true. Well, that is true. You know, and I know that, uh, you know, you know, the subject of, you know, letting go are, are well, I'm going to say moving on in a positive way. But I want to use it. Yeah. I, I want to use an example that, you know, the most traumatic experience in the world for anyone, especially women, is rape. And it comes down to a, a mental battle where it's like, was it my fault? What did I do something? You know, the other person. It's just I think the, the mind is just wrapped up in so much confusion. And mm-hmm. there's a and the people around them, they don't know how to talk to a person who's been a victim that they would like to help, but they don't really know what to say. So sometimes they just say, you need to just move on. Well, the problem is, is now you're causing that victim to suppress that whole ordeal. And when you suppress something, it's like basically having a, a boiling pot of oil with a lid on it. And eventually it's going to come out and it's not going to be very good. So he, you know, how does someone, I even hate to say move on, but you know, how do, you know, there's no other way to explain it. Yeah. How does that person start the healing process? Because I think a lot of people, they, they need to have someone they can talk to to get it out and then receive some sort of wisdom so they can start the healing process. Yeah. You know, and I don't even know if they need to receive wisdom per se. What a lot of people just need is, um, as you said, just to talk about it and be listened to, you know, and yes. if you're going to befriend a person that's gone through a trauma like that, or if you're in the family or, or somehow in a relationship with this person, you know, friend, lover, whatever, um, the conversation needs to be, how do you feel? What's going on? And listening, you know, there's so much shame and guilt and confusion and, and a variety of things that go on, um, anger, uh, fear, uh, you know, just feeling lost and, invaded and, and there's a, a, a million emotions that go on and a lot of times a person doesn't want to discuss them but when they feel safe enough to discuss them then they then you know then they'll have the opportunity at least and that opportunity is what the person needs to to talk and so forth another thing that why i mentioned the energy work and so forth whether it's reiki or hands-on healing or there's all kinds of different names now for energy work also yoga meditation these kinds of things they're very safe ways to be um, cared for by a person and so if you know someone or are dealing with um, you know someone in your, that has gone through this experience i would highly recommend and this is where i said earlier it changed my life because prior to that um being touched by another being you know um uh, surrounded in a way, like even massage sometimes is too much. Even sometimes a hug is too much. But if you can be with someone who's trained, who's compassionate, and who can be with you in a space and do some kind of energy healing or some kind of movement, um, some kind of meditation, these are very gentle but powerful ways to help uh, the emotion start moving within a person. And that emotion will come with all the anger, resentment, and so forth, but then it will also start to come with self-compassion, self-love, forgiveness, understanding, separating the self from, you know, the, the perpetrator. And that there's a big difference in separating yourself than letting go. 
you know, and that's part of what starts to heal the guilt is um, realizing, although I feel this way now and although this happened to me, I'm not responsible for what that person did. That person is responsible for that. And I need to separate myself from just, you know, uh, continually being um, object blaming and, and, and making this all about him or her. This needs to be about me now. And him or her can take care of what, you know, what they need to go through. And it, is, it takes, it's a long process, but really the person just needs the space and time to speak. When, when the person feels shame, that kind of shame, support groups are wonderful. You know, just talking about getting it moving, it doesn't create more shame. It creates freedom within, you know, to be able to say it and be free. Well, you know, that. you bring up, you bring up a, a subject I think a lot of people uh, really don't really know a whole lot about, and that's support groups. Now, I, can you share with us some ways people can move through grief, for example? Now, I know with support groups, they can be very helpful, but then there are a lot of people who start using them as crutches, and they never truly yeah. move forward in a positive way. They still lean on. It's like they keep reliving their situation by continually right. going to a support group, let's say, too long. Right. So. And that does happen. You know, we we become kind of, um, we can become part of our story very easily where we get victimized by ourselves. You know, we become like the victim of our own story. And that can happen. But I really like to look at support groups or any of that kind of thing as, um, you know, as like school, like training. I, I'm a very um, tactile and, you know, visual experiential kind of person. I know everyone's different. Some people like to stay at home and read, but one, a support group gets you out of the house. It gets you into an environment that hopefully is safe. It gets you around people that, um, you know, can at least understand or begin to understand what you might be going through, and it gives you an opportunity to speak. Uh, to me, though, that's the foundation of the support group. Um, yeah, it's a starting you know, point. If you need, yeah, yeah, that's the starting point. And if a person needs to go for a while, that's great, but... Um, you know, there's a lot of work that we can also do outside of the support group. That's one element. You know, that's that's one thing. And I wouldn't lean completely on the support group. But um, it is important for people to know that they have that option there for sure. You know, and I think almost every city now has a good good variety of support groups. Um, but still, well, well, you know, one-on-one therapy. Uh-huh. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and you're absolutely correct. And I'm glad you are sharing that with a lot of the people that are listening right now, because there's so many people that need to understand that there's a starting point. Support groups are a great starting point, but also get to the point to where uh, they can start the true healing process where they're not leaning on that support group. And in a way, um, I want to be careful here because I know that some people's identity becomes part, you know, well, their story or their, yeah. their grief or their uh, traumatic experience becomes a label. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, that's right. so-and-so, you know, that's what's happened to them. Well, I, I don't like that on people. I want people to be overcomers. I've talked to so many people on this show who've gone through adversity. They've turned it into victory, and now their test has become their testimony. Just like you, you're sharing positive things with people because of what has happened to you. And, and now you're right. able to teach people to move, to move forward in a very positive way. So what are some of the things that we can learn, um, that people can l- learn to move through grief, for example? Well, um, I think, well, in grief in particular, I have particular kind of, uh, 
you know, I wrote an article not too long ago about 10 ways to get through grief, and grief is different for everybody. You know, some people grieve just completely different than another person, and that's fine. But it, typically, I, it's the same kind of thing, like staying connected to how you feel. If you feel overcome by the grief, then, you know, allow yourself almost like a schedule. Um, that's one of the things I recommend to, you know, from 8 to 9 in the morning or from 6 to 7 at night or even if you need five times if you're heavy in the grief, you know, allow that time to be your grieving time and just cry and write and pour it out and call friends or go to therapy or whatever you need to do. And then the rest of your day, try to be as productive as possible knowing that you have that time to get to to do your grieving. Um, another thing that I recommend for people is to create something with the grief, meaning a memorial to a person. Um, I like to, to make art. So, you know, a painting or an art piece to to express your emotions. Sometimes we just, we don't have the words to say how we feel. But if we can garden or create a new food recipe or put it on a canvas or build, a you know, a, a table or whatever it is, then that, that emotion comes out. Um, of our body. And that's what we want. We want things to keep moving. Grief never ends. It's it's a natural emotion that's part of all of our experience. And it will never get over it. And that's the thing. You can't just let it go. It's, it's If there's loss, you're always going to be connected to the loss. It's the love and that pain connection that we're always to. So have reasonable expectations for yourself and, you know, just allow yourself. The biggest part to me about healing, where whether it's, you know, Whatever you're healing from is just allowing yourself to go through the healing process. So many people try to stop it. They feel embarrassed. They feel shameful. They feel weak. They feel like, you know, um, just out, out, out of sorts and they don't, they feel out of control. But part of the whole process of healing is actually transitioning, transforming where we were into something different. So it's that willingness to be uncomfortable to get comfortable again. You know, I, lo- and- I, I love your answer. I love your answer so much. I mean, it is it is so true that, you know, with grief, a lot of people, if, if others can help someone to move forward into, you know, and in a way, I like the way you said that, you know, if it's if it's painting, if it's gardening, if it's building something, if it's, uh, you know, cooking something new in the kitchen, it's getting their mind off of it. But it's also getting them back to moving and thinking and creating because, you know, we're all talented in some way, and and in a, and sometimes grief can actually uh, propel creativity, and that person becomes yeah. something new and goes beyond the grief, and sometimes that grief moves them forward. And I just love that. Now, I want to ask you because a lot of people ask me this question, and I want to hear it from you. So, what's the difference between mindfulness and meditation? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, well, mindfulness to me is just conscious thought. So instead of aimlessly, mindlessly letting our mind, you know, our brain control everything that we do and where we go and what we say, um, which happens for most people, you know, we just turn our brain on autopilot and we do whatever it says. Mindfulness is a conscious thought. So we're actually aware that we have, uh, we have a, a brain and that we can choose to uh, let it control us, or we can choose another 
another thing. So there's like the soul self, there's the deeper true self, and then there's the physical self. And the brain is part of the physical self. And like I said earlier, it always wants to try to keep you um, comfortable, out of danger, etc. But sometimes it's, you know, emotionally in particular, or to fulfill some goals and and dreams and hopes or, or what have you, or just be disciplined, the mind will kind of take this um, shorter route, lazy route, you know, overprotective route, what have well, you. Well, our mind can lie to us. Yeah, but our mind yeah, can lie to us. Exactly. That's what I mean. It's just, it's like false illusion. Your mind is seeing only one perspective of the world, which is usually a fear-based kind of illusory perspective. And so conscious thought is mindfulness, which is I am aware of my thought at the moment. So it's almost like two things going on. You have your thought and you have your awareness of the thought. Whereas meditation is going to um, a place deep within to be still, to listen, and to get in touch with that conscious thought for sure. But it's more of um, it's more of like a retreat, which you can do meditation while you're walking. You can do meditation while you're doing laundry, painting, what have you. It's um, it's using mindfulness in a kind of still, um, you know, personal way within ourselves. So they're slightly different, but people do combine the terms all the time, which well, is fine, I think. Well, oh yeah, oh absolutely. I, I completely understand yeah. that. And and but uh, but you give us a great explanation on those two, and and I appreciate that. I want to ask you about your book, The Fearless Path. How can how can someone move forward without fear? Well, The Fearless Path isn't about fear. It's actually about finding the courage to show up to yourself. We are all full of fear. We have fear. Fear is a healthy um, part of our experience. But what happens is, as you know, fear starts dominating. Our lives, and so um, I, I talk about how to utilize fear and allow fear to be your greatest teacher. In fact, how to move forward with less fear that's dominating your your actions, but awareness of the fear to actually use it in your life, and you know, for it to protect you when it's necessary. So the book is about um, the seven main ways that we suffer, and it is based on the energy system at large. But there's a lot of you know stories and applicable things in the book about how to um, really find our root issue, what's blocking our emotional wellness that's also impacting our happiness, our health, our weight, our mind, our relationships, and everything. So it's kind of a practical book. Um, you know, you can use it to... Uh, but there's meditations in there. There's there's quotes, there's uh, workout suggestions for your emotional health, and to go through and really get honest with yourself and say, you know, wow, I have a, I have these symptoms. Maybe I am dealing with years of repressed guilt, for example, or, um, you know, I don't feel like, I truly don't feel like I belong here, and that's causing this base issue of fear that I can't do anything I want in my life because I'm not connected to the world, you know. So people deal with these really deep issues, and um, and so the book helps a person identify them and then ways to help move forward. Now, where is your book available? Uh, Barnes & Noble, Target, online, uh, a lot of metaphysical stores, uh, of course, Amazon, and I think pretty much everywhere you can get it. <laughs> well, well, well let, let me ask you this. Uh, I follow you on Instagram. Tell me about this uh, modern sage truck that I've been seeing. What is that? Yeah. Well, I had a healing center and um, also a retail store, like a metaphysical retail store. And I didn't want to be trapped anymore within those walls. So I created this inspirational van. 
It's called the Modern Sage Mobile Healing Station, and it's got these really cool inspirational words on the top. And and in the van is a boutique, and also I do chakra readings, and it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of a, a advertisement for a movement of mindfulness and healing and so forth. And so I just took the van to Florida. I had about six different stops there, workshops, media tours, that kind of thing. And then this spring and summer, I'll be around uh, New York, New Jersey, the Midwest, maybe even the West Coast, and I'll be visiting uh, fairs and festivals and stores and events and selling goods, but also, um, you know, inspiring people, giving out information, that kind of thing. Oh, wow. That is that is so fantastic because, you know, I, I see yeah. the pictures and I'm like, well, you know, that that's just really cool. To, you know, it kind of brings a whole new idea to a food truck. <laughs> you know? Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah, on a uh, on a peaceful and mindfulness level, I just absolutely love it. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, I I highly recommend uh, everyone listening to this program with Leah Guy to pick up her new book, The Fearless Path: A Radical Awakening to Emotional Healing and Inner Peace. Uh, she shares her personal triumphs again, you know, over rape, addiction, anxiety, eating disorders. She knows what she's talking about. And if you have gone through those things, this is a book you need to pick up. You need to read it. If you have a friend, a family member that has gone through these types of situations, uh, Buy the book, get the book, bless them with the book and, and maybe get another copy for yourself and sit down with someone and just go through the book together because there's nothing more helpful than sitting down with someone that has gone through certain types of experiences or going through an experience right now. They just need a friend. They they need that uh understanding that love they need that listening ear the most important thing in the world the listening ear that you can provide to bring forth healing and leah um fantastic information and i'm so thankful that you're on the show today sharing all of this with us oh thank you thanks for having me i really appreciate it oh you are so welcome and uh I'm going to have to uh, I'm going to have to invite you back because I know that there's just so much more to talk about. And uh, I want to thank you so much. Life, all of life. <laughs> hey, absolutely. You know, the whole point of life changing wellness is to be positive and uh, from the body to the mind uh, and and also to the spirit. That's what we're here uh, to do and to, to bless everyone listening today. And ladies and gentlemen, remember to catch every episode of Life Changing Wellness. Just hit subscribe on iTunes or, or go to my show page at radiomd.com slash Dr. Bond. And if I can ask you a favor, please take 30 seconds and rate the show on iTunes. Thank you for doing that for me as we want to bring you the best show possible and to spread the word about life-changing wellness. Again, you can learn more about me at drwardbond.com. And again, check out my show page here at radiomd.com slash drbond or iTunes for all of my episodes. And you can also check out all of my guests, just like Leah Guy. You can find out all of her social media links and her website. Everything is there on that page. So check it out. And again, check out Leah Guy. Go buy her book, The Fearless Path. And I want to thank everyone today. Thank you for listening to Life Changing Wellness. I'm Dr. Ward Bond. Have a blessed and healthy day.